Welcome to the Feel Strong Fitness Podcast. We create one-on-one custom fitness solutions to achieve your goals without wasting time or compromise. We build and rebuild committed people so you can get out of pain, get strong, and get back to living the life you want to. We don't waste time. So let's get on with the show. Hey, hello, and welcome to the Feel Strong Fitness Podcast. My name is Justin McClintock, and today we are lucky to be joined by Daniel Moody. Daniel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you. I want to dig in right off the bat. What is different about supporting dads, especially in in their fitness and life journey, as opposed to any other type of person? Well, dads have a very compelling story. They have a very compelling motivator. For most men, they are the center of their own universe. You know, their their happiness, their sadness is really the, the primary motivator for them. But once you have a child, something outside of yourself becomes the most important thing in the universe. And then your child's happiness and sadness becomes the, the dictator. For a lot of us, it's our wives. And then our wives become our, our, our barometer for our children. But the the fact that that the dad cares about a child more than he cares about himself means that he's actually gotten to a level of maturity where he's willing to do hard work. And on, on that level, I don't just mean the physical level, but I mean the, the mental, the spiritual and, and the physical level. So the, the fact that he's actually got something, it's, it's really like having skin in the game, to be honest. When you have somebody that is dependent upon you, suddenly your health becomes a lot more important. Suddenly your anger responses become a lot more important because as a, as a solo dude, you can you can leave that partner or leave that relationship that wasn't working, but you are tied forever to these children, whether you like it or not. And that, that tie is really something that will drag you through the purifying fires of, of doing the, the deep inner work or, or doing the, the work to, to get yourself to a healthy place so that you can last a long time so that you can be around for your kids and hopefully your grandkids. That's a big step for someone to take as, as someone who writes individual programs, people will show up with that kind of extrinsic motivation on a somewhat regular basis. And maybe it's, maybe it's, they just had a kid. Maybe it's their doctor just put the fear of Jesus into them. Maybe you know, something happened. There's a moment where they go from everything is fine or it's fine enough that I'm not willing to take action towards the cost of inaction is now no longer acceptable. I have to change something. Is that is that what happens when people come to you? Yeah. I mean, usually when people have come to me, it's because they they have come up against something in their life that has finally brought them down a peg or brought them all the way down to bottom. When somebody has, has, has gotten to the place of needing a coach and being willing to pay for it. See, that's a big thing is that when I was first getting into the coaching world, when I first hired my, my coach, the, the the money aspect of it really was a big challenge. It was a big investment. But what became very clear to me was that once I paid, I started paying attention. It was it was that skin in the game element. I am I am now beholden however much money I've invested in this per month. I better pay attention. Just like if you were going to school and you were paying those tuition fees versus you're just on Udemy and you've got the the small monthly fee, you're just kind of consuming information, not really applying it. But if you're in school and you're going through the academic career to get somewhere, those high tuition fees actually are a huge motivator to get you to do it. So in the process of getting to a coach, 
you you invest in them but if you you're only going to invest in them when you've gotten to a place of desperation or a place of of great great need and you know for for somebody that's going to come for a a fitness purpose they they're usually like you said they've been scared by the the truth that their doctor has revealed to them that they are no longer immortal they they are they're now on that that process of of learning to manage and deal with lifelong patterns of movement and behavior that have caused their bodies to atrophy or or grow weak or asymmetrical and and the same stuff happens internally in our in our minds and in our in our psychology we've we've developed these asymmetries we developed these patterns and they they worked for a while like the the idea of the adaptive child they they worked the environment that they were created in i i threw tantrums when I, things weren't going my way that was my response but now as an adult it's really inappropriate so i'm having to completely remap how i respond to the world and that's what a that's what a coach is for is to is to give you eyes to see yourself you know anybody can 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 coach another person just simply by the fact that it's easier for me to see you than for you to see yourself or for you to see me than for me to see myself i it's it's the hardest thing in the world to see yourself so you go to a coach or you go to a men's group or you you go to some sort of some some place to be witnessed a therapist someone that can see you and and you offer yourself you offer yourself with with all of your truth and usually that's only going to come when it's become too painful to lie and it's become clear that you know i can't eat this way every day i can't sit at the computer every day eventually that that lie just runs out the pain becomes too great in your life circumstances when you've run into a divorce or when you have when you've lost something very important to you those those kinds of situations are so pivotal and the the mechanisms at place to to respond to them and to interact with life are just not working anymore they seem to be bringing you down rather than upward that's the time that you bring in somebody to help is that grieving process when someone has lost a relationship or run into something very painful in their life or we run into a fair amount of people who are grieving their past selves who yeah. they have perhaps they used to be fit athletic fill in the blank and in the past 15, 20 years, family life, career, all of these things have have taken up their time and things have changed. And now they're mourning their past selves. Does that resonate with you? Absolutely. You know, part of the work that I do is actually utilizing my background as a songwriter to do a, a group called Song for the Soul. And one of the main purposes of that group is to help us to grieve. So, <coughs> excuse me. So I, I've been a songwriter since I was a kid. My brother's a songwriter. My father was a musician. Songwriting was a way for me to vocalize the emotions that were going on inside of me. A lot of men don't have that. A lot of people in general don't have that. It was a way for me to take something that I was experiencing, look at it through this artistic lens, and release it. So I would often use songwriting as a methodology for grieving. And... It became clear in the work that I was doing with people that there was a lot of stored baggage. Like, if, if you ask somebody, how, is there something that you've lost? Or have, have there been any major transitions in your life that you have not processed? Or you have not grieved? Or you have not fully let go of? And unanimously, the answer is yes. People have something that they're still carrying from the past. And it's just a fact that we store our emotions in our body. The, the body keeps the score, explains that quite clearly. We, we keep them inside the body until we, we properly release them. Things like somatic meditation and practices, spiritual practices, 
their their function you know grieving is actually a skill that we have as as a as a human animal to to be able to release this this trapped energy inside of us and if we don't do it intentionally if we don't if we're not allowed a time or space by our culture our society our our family to to grieve great moments of loss or transition those those emotions are just going to stay with us and they're going to basically become a place within us that we do not look at and eventually from the absence of our attention and our body are going to to manifest in diseases it's 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 uh, it's just a, a a simple thing that you can observe but most of us are not willing to observe it and so i i created this this group song for the soul for the intent purpose of consciously facing what we need to grieve and most people have a ton of resistance whenever they're first doing it, which is why I entice them with the, the beauty of songwriting and, and listening to whole new kinds of music and new artists. And, and there's a lot of fun involved. You know, my premise is root to rise. We root down into the truth. We root down into our experience so that we can release it and rise up in the process. And almost, almost across the board, something that I hear from everyone is that they feel lighter. So after the process of grieving and releasing them, we literally feel like there's less weight in us, which is it's really relevant to the, the, to the level of the body, to the level of physical fitness. That makes perfect sense. We often talk about people having a fixed capacity. You can only carry so much load because your capacity only goes up to X. And we can, we can both expand and contract that capacity. We can add to and subtract from that load and ideally, we leave as much room as possible for your needs and wants, and we're not carrying around an enormous amount of, you know, what we generally refer to as like pre-existing conditions. And that might be you sprained your ankle nine times when you were in high school. There's not yeah. a lot I can do about that. That's the yeah. thing that happened. We can work around what it feels like, but it is what it is. However, sleep, diet, stress, these are all things that we can have a significant impact on, and it's worth your time because then you can create all of this room for the things that you want to fill your glass with or whatever your, your visualization is, all of the things that you wish to be a part of your life. Mm -hmm. For if someone comes in and has a bunch of resistance to like the songs for the soul group, how does, is, could you walk me through what, it would, what someone like that would go through briefly? Sure. So they, they face the initial resistance because that's what happens when you look inside and ask the question, is there anything that I need to grieve? Almost certainly there is, yes. And I, I tend to not think of it as there are different compartments where this is where I need to grieve this loss and this is where I need to grieve this transition. It, I think of it more as like a, a deep ocean or, or a lake inside that when we go and look for it, you know, we might just tap into it a little bit and a little bit comes out or we go all the way in and then we're immersed in it. We're terrified of that. It's a very scary pro prospect for somebody that has been avoiding it. That, that, that strong urge to not look there has been so effective all their life that it has actually prevented them from doing something that would it, all in all make them feel better across the board. But the fear is, is a powerful resistance that they at first recognize is there. And then by their higher calling, their intuition, you know, their, their level of maturity, knowing that a certain amount of pain brings a certain amount of gain. Just like if you were to go to the gym and you were really going to push yourself there, it's uncomfortable in the process that you, but you can get used to the comfort. Or if you're getting a deep tissue massage, some of the first times you ever get that, it's extremely painful. But then slowly, the exact same sensation starts to turn to pleasure. 
because you realize that that's actually bringing healing in the body. It's releasing tension. It's going, it's going to make me feel so much better. And then you realize that it's actually just a matter of perception. So I have a completely different relationship to, um, to the grieving process. I actually look at it with a great deal of positivity and optimism because I know that loss is inevitable. I know that I can survive the grieving process and that I actually become stronger. And many a times my tragedies become my treasures. The things that I used to be terrified of looking at end up giving me so much information, so much so much juicy life knowledge is inside of being able to look back with, you know, the hindsight's 2020 on the things that I have experienced and felt in my body. And now that makes me so much more capable as an individual. But also one of the phenomena that happens in the group is that even though, and, and this group is men and women, even though there's a, a wide variety of traumas and, and hardships that everyone has faced, and it's not all only trauma that we face, you know, there's, it's just a crisis of identity and things that, that are, are confronted when, when we're, we're doing these kinds of deep dives, when we recognize a universal suffering, a universal quality to each of us has gone through this in our own way. Somehow I've never been through that exact same situation, but somehow I can feel you. I can feel that sense. And not only is that tremendously bonding for that group, but it also gives each individual the capacity to be tremendously more compassionate for others while at the same time holding their demons and their shadow and their, their scary parts in the same light. For instance, one, one woman who came through Song for the Soul, she knew immediately after we got off that first initial phone call when she faced that, that initial resistance, what she wanted to work on. It was a blind spot at first, but then it came to her clearly. It was her father. Her father had passed, and she had always had this sort of tension between her and her father, even though there was great, great love there. And she carried that tension in her memory of him regularly. Every time she would think of him, there, that tension would arise within her body. And so we, on our very first one-on-one, -on -one, she basically pulled out the cork and all of it came flowing out. And we got down to the heart of it that there was anger, a great deal of anger towards her father. But at the same time, she was experiencing the same judgments that she put on him, that she put on herself for feeling that anger in her body. Because now she embodies the anger that she so desperately wanted to get away from in him. She has that anger with her husband or with her children. And she has that same judgment and brutality towards herself that she, that created that blockage between her and her father. But in this one, process of grieving the loss of him, of grieving the the inability to love him while he was there fully because of this, this buffer between the two of them, of their anger, by learning to embrace her anger and also by realizing in me that I have the same anger monster. I have the same thing that I'm ashamed of. And we getting to embrace each other in that light enabled her to embrace her father in a new light, releasing all of this, this, this bondage to to old painful memories and letting all this new light come into when she thought of him. She, he was actually a songwriter himself. So she's begun to listen to his old music. And now she thinks deeply, deeply fondly of him and her heart swells and, and she cries every time she thinks of him, but with love. And so that's a tremendous, and also she's found more space for her own anger, less judgment. And so that's made her in her own body experience less of that that pain and agony of hatred towards that that fixed anger monster that was actually the buffer between her and her father it was also a buffer between her and herself 
So that's just one transformation story that simply comes from somebody asking the question, is there something that you need to look at from your past? Where is it? What is it? Let's go there. We talk about it in a safe environment. She gets to see in me that, you know, me being essentially a guide through the grieving process just gives her the, the, the sense of safety that I can follow and I can survive this process. And going down into that is scary, but essentially what it is, it's kind of like you put it, there's a threshold. Like you, there's only so much pain you can experience. And, and it sort of does feel like fire sometimes. If you're experiencing anger or, or something that's very alive in that way, it'll feel like you're burning. Your, your skin temperature rises and, and your eyes pour out and, and you want to yell or scream or howl or whatever. And it wants to come out. And it feels terrifying at first, but then it's incredibly liberating. And then after that, yeah, you, you feel lighter. You feel freer. That's, first of all, a remarkable journey for that person and starts with that single question, but also relies heavily on someone like yourself listening carefully and then asking better and better and more specific questions and willing to take the time to walk someone down that path. In that same process, you know, physically, we know that we will talk a lot about how the kind of effort someone is putting in in a day or a movement, and it has to be a particular level. If something is too easy, it's not going to change you. We're actually wasting your time. And if it's too hard, we may hurt you or we, it might not be, we might not be able to get enough reps in or enough movement or enough stimulus to get the point we want. So doubling back to that emotional challenge and potential pain, like there has to be some of it, but not too little and not too much. And being able to gauge that and learning to gauge it for yourself can be a massively liberating process, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the not too little, not too much. You know, in, in yoga teacher training, there is a term minimal muscular effort, meaning you're going to do, you're going to go to the edge of what is required to hold this form and in, in appropriate internal actions, but you do want to make sure that everything is relaxed as it can possibly be so that you have the, the mobility and the, and the, the subtleness, the suppleness to be able to move without harming yourself too much rigidity too much strain is actually going to open you up to more injury and reinforce those life patterns that have caused these these pains and in this the same move with the the inner work if we go too fast it most certainly can be i've witnessed it i think i've experienced it of of having it's almost traumatic to be so vulnerable and also to witness that other people have experienced these things and, and to feel almost a, a need to withdraw and one one individual did have that experience that she needed to withdraw and i just basically told her that at any point you are welcome to to bow out or to come back to the group i encourage you to come back because even this desire to withdraw is acceptable within this process but you are welcome to return at any point and she did and it was incredibly beautiful that she did return and we got to to essentially complete our work together and write a really beautiful song having giving people that ripcord that opportunity to stop if they need to stop and know that they're always in charge on a any journey experience that feels potentially challenging and uncomfortable is mm -hmm. really important so especially for any coaches of any type listening like providing that opportunity and letting people know that they are always driving they're always in charge you're just the one kind of guiding the path for them can be really, really useful and let people get further because they feel more comfortable taking that uncomfortable next step into something they're feeling a little unsure about. Yeah. Like the way you put it is, is, is sort of, 
it's an encouragement rather than, you know, you're not hiring this, this coach to force you to do these things. You're, you're hiring somebody to give you the insight so that you can trust that you're taking wise steps. And, you know, if you have a trainer in a gym or a teacher that is going to be guiding you in a movement that feels scary, you want to know that you're, that somebody's got eyes on you to, to know that you're not going to injure yourself or that, you know, you want to know where your enrages are. And that's what they're there for is to tell you, you know, this, you're, you're in a danger zone. That you, this is a, this is a place where you want to go very, very slowly. These are the ways to protect yourself. And it's, it's the same with any kind of work. If you, we, we know that psychologically, you cannot be forced to face your fears and have it successfully heal anything. But if you consciously face your fears, you can actually conquer them. If you try to force your child into riding the bike without the, the training wheels before they're ready that, and they fall down, that it's going to take them a lot longer to get back up onto the bike than if it was their decision. If they were ready to do it that day, they might get right back up on the bike. But if you force them to do it, they're, they're, they're likely to be set back a lot further than if you were to simply just stay out of the way. I mean, that's, that's sort of the nature of, of a good teacher in general is they realize that it's not, even though this person is coming to them, it's still not solely their responsibility to make sure that this person gets the results that they're after. If, once you have that sort of freedom, you can really look at it more, more clearly to say, am I useful to this person? How can I be useful to this person? Almost certainly, you know, it's, it's useful for somebody to just simply talk to another human being. So having any kind of expertise where you are guiding another person through a process, you are most certainly uh, of, of tremendous value to that human being. And the best value that you can possibly be is simply letting that person become as strong, brave, courageous, competent, capable as they can be on their own with as little outside effort as possible. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Letting them be the active participant. If someone shows up and wants something done to them, I already know that we're at least two steps back and we may just kind of refuse to work with that person altogether, save for some very particular circumstances. Because if people you know, just want to buy, you know, buy a product off the shelf and pour it on them and be like, okay, I'm fit now, or I feel better now, or I'm a healthier human being now. We know it's not a real commitment and we know they're not going to be consistent in any kind of long-term stance rather than giving them the tools and giving them the habits and giving them, giving them the routines that will carry them long, long, you know, for years and years and years when they've forgotten my name and face and they feel amazing and they're like, oh, I'm just a strong, active, healthy person. Isn't that great? Yes. Like, exactly. That's the whole idea. Yes. Yes. The, the Tao Te Ching says something along the lines of when the master has done their job, the people will look and say, oh, we did it all by ourselves. Precisely. Now, yeah. You've talked about, and this may be related, you've talked about working with people one-on-one -on -one and in a group setting. Are there different kinds of people? Does everyone who does one-on-one -on -one also participate in a group or how does that work? There's, it's different and there's combined. So Song for the Soul actually has both group work and one-on-one. -on -one. I do one-on-one -on -one writing sessions as well as one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions. The, the difference being the, the writing sessions are more of a, a deep dive, therapeutic, self-expression, healing type of journey. The one-on-one -on -one coaching is more along the lines of there's something that we're, is not working in our lives and we're trying to come up with effective solutions to get there or there's a goal that we're trying to achieve. A lot of the work that I do is very interpersonal. It has a lot to do with being a parent, with dealing with anger and resentment. And the, the group work, so the Song for the Soul group work, it's, it's in the process of each of us having individual work with each other. 
and we are all coming together to talk about the process of what we're learning and just having those kinds of reflections and bringing forth what what it is that we found there's something that i learned from the grief recovery handbook which anybody who who hasn't heard of that who has something to grieve that's a very very useful tool to have the grief recovery handbook and it says that you can do this work on your own but it is most recommended that you have a partner reason being in order for us to effectively grieve we need a witness so the song for the soul is is effectively built around that idea that for us to more effectively grieve we can do one-on-one sessions and for me to know your story and for us to have created this this piece of art together through the process is incredibly cathartic and as you can essentially multiply that by by having a a small intimate container of about five to six people who are witnessing this story with you it becomes very trusted it becomes a very safe place where people are allowed to express things about themselves that they may have never ever expressed before and to know at the end that men and women of different strata and different circumstances in their lives can come to a deep resonance of, of universal human experience. It's, it's incredibly healing to simply know that, especially if you've never had an experience like that before. So group facilitation is actually one of my favorite parts of the job because I'm able to, I'm able to bring people together into a space to show them something that's amazing. I kind of think of it as a miracle, this, this incredible thing that happens when we come together. When, when I express my truth and the, the group witnesses me, I'm allowed to heal. At the same time, their reflections allow me to see myself more honestly than I could have ever seen myself before. So that taken to the next level are the in-person retreats. And right now I'm just running men's retreats. Purpose of that being men really need to be around other men. They need to be around brothers. They need to have a sense of, of freedom and boyhood. And it, it's a place for uh, initiation to to be able to experience because to be honest with you we live in a culture of isolation so to just be in the presence of other people to be to be bear hugged and to 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 know that somebody else sees you and cares that you're alive and had a fun experience with you even better as those um those relationships grow into friendships and, and long-time connections where you get to have that long period of, of people witnessing you transform and change over time. That's That, to me, I think of it as a basic human requirement, a, a basic medicine that we should have in our everyday lives, but most of us don't. So it, it became imperative for me when I realized the, the, the void in my own life that I needed a group of brothers. I needed a brotherhood, essentially. I needed a village to to help raise me from the, the, the boy pains that I was having, all those growing pains that I was having of trying to become a man, I didn't have an honest reflection of myself. I was having my wife's angry reflection of me, my children's angry reflection of me, mainly because I was angry and resentful with them. And I was, in, I was basically expecting my, my little family unit to be everything for me. And once that broke open, I, I, I started to call in my community, my local brothers who helped me you know, move a pole barn when it's time, who helped me to, you know, d- fix my plumbing, <laughs> you know, because I I'm just keep screwing it up further and further, who helped teach me very valuable skills like building and working on my truck. You know, that kind of body-to-body transference is what Robert Bly talks a lot about in Iron John, that father is like a substance that is transferred from father to son, from body to body. 
And that that kind of transference is is what we it's it, it creates something called father hunger when we don't have it. And we've probably all experienced that to some degree in ourselves and experienced that in other men where they really, really want a friend to hang out with, but don't know how to be cool and don't know how to relax and don't know how to like let it happen. Well, you come to a retreat, all that stuff, like you, you just kind of throw out the, the, the social discomfort or is this okay or is this acceptable? And you basically come into a container where absolutely as you are, everything that you are is welcome. And we're going to tell you the truth <laughs> and you don't have to worry about, you know, how you're being judged or, you know, being viewed from the opposite sex. You are free to just be whatever kind of gross, weird, uncomfortable animal that you are. And we get to laugh about that together. And we also get to kind of dig our roots into the earth a little bit and experience something, something a little wild and fun and just utterly human, just really, really human. So that that group container brought all the way into person with the inevitable desire to, to create community, lasting community. That's, that's sort of the, the, the deepest vein of, of the work. That sounds remarkable. And the, the power of the group, as someone who does almost exclusively one-on-one -on -one work, I tell people all the time that the magic of the group is the group because you will start seeing reflections of yourself. And even if it's not quite your story, you'll start seeing elements of it and recognizing that you're not the only one who feels this way. You're not the only one who's having this issue. And letting these things, whether it's a, a physical setback or a financial setback or relationship or this anger you were talking about, these are all challenges, you know, sort of somewhere between an insult and an injury that we would ask people to view as opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. Every one of these, th these things that are setback or an issue or an, you know, a quote unquote injury is an opportunity if you look at it the right way. I've, you know, mm -hmm. I've been driven into this corner and I'm not sure what to do and people expect all this of me. Well, actually, th there's a way to use this and develop some tools so this is going to take you to another place and another level, which maybe you weren't even looking for to begin with, but it's there if you're, as we said before, willing to be relatively active and put in the work. Yes, that willingness is the most attractive quality I can find in a client is, is someone that is truly willing to put in the work and that'll be manifested in, you know, I've, I read a bunch of self-help books. I've, you know, I've tried to go to the gym. I've, you know, I've, I've tried to do these things or mm -hmm. I've tried to change my life or I'm, I'm really, really ready for change. I'm ready for clarity. And that willingness coupled with, you know, meeting the, the right coach or the right group at the right time can really be a huge catalyst for change. That, that, that willingness is a, is a powerful fuel. And, and back to one of our early questions, why dads? Well, it's, it's really when you finally get to a place of having a proper motivation in your life. And it's not just dads, and it can be at any stage in someone's life when they've found within them a desire, a real need for change, that it's not just on me or, or it's, it's so bad that it, I, I even have to take stock and I have to change. Like some, some suffer with, addiction that finally brings them to a point where it's like, I can't go on any farther unless I address this. Those kinds of, usually I, I, the way I think of it is it has to get bad enough for change to happen. There's, there's always a straw that breaks the camel's back. And we can know that there's a problem for a long, long time before we do anything about it. With that, who is your ideal client? Or describe like the kind of person that you're like, 
I'm so glad you found me. You're a perfect fit. This is exactly what I was looking for. Or I, I am exactly who you were looking for. Yeah, yeah. So in the general sense, the person that is looking for access to their own spirit, to their own voice, their own presence and autonomy in their life. I think that that was such a huge pain point for me and still is a, a lifelong battle of learning to really listen to my own intuition, to my own wants. I have a peculiar um, quality that I find very, very common in a lot of men, a lot of people in general, is when I look inside to ask how I'm feeling, a lot of times all I can hear or see is what those in my life are feeling. You know, my wife's needs and desires usually outrank mine inside my own head and body. And so when I am with someone that is trying to find how to speak on their own behalf, who is trying to find how to heal their anger and resentment towards their towards their family, they're they're they really need to know that they're not alone and that this anger is is not their fault but it is their responsibility and so when they when they come to me I, i'm i'm looking for someone that is is really willing to do the work that is ready to change that is ready to face the discomfort of it um but they they need to in order to feel whole in order to feel whole with themselves so that they can come to their wife they can come to their children with the the fullest expression of who they are they're ready to f experience their creativity their spirituality their their honest truth and and not have it be something that was given to them preordained by you know their you know the, whatever school or church they went to whatever their family ideology was who am i w really working on answering that question what do i want and and where do i want to go from here and then secondly, I would say that anyone who is, is experiencing a loss, a transition, or has been carrying grief or, or a, a sense of heaviness or a, a burdensome memory for a long time, who is ready to release that, who is willing to maybe step outside of their comfort zone and, and try music or songwriting or, or creative expression as a methodology that that might help them sidestep some of the discomfort or the, the the alien process of it. Anybody that has something to tell, a story to tell, these, these are, it, it sounds like a broad net, but truthfully, it's all of us need to be witnessed down down at some fundamental level. And that's that's really the calling for me in this this process is being able to see that light in other people and have them realize the light within themselves. I love that. Now, there's someone out there listening who would be a perfect fit for this, but they're skeptical for some reason. And I can think of two two kind of groups. Either they don't feel like they're at a point where they need to work on it, like mm -hmm. it's not bad enough or it's under control or yeah, everyone has had bad things go on in their life like I'm fine. And the other camp, and there may be some overlap, who's skeptical of the whole process. What yeah. do you mean I, writing songs in the woods isn't going to make isn't going to fix what I have going on. I'm very busy. Leave me alone. Sure. And I'd love if, if you don't mind. And I don't mean any of that in an insulting way, but I can mm -hmm. imagine people thinking this way. If you would address those like the people who don't think they need to do any work and maybe the people who don't think this work could possibly be effective for them. You know, I find myself in a funny situation where that's virtually everyone that I interact with. They, yeah, they don't believe that that the work will help or that they need to do the work. And 
I can tell you that if you are a human being, in all probability, you have something to grieve. Because you've lived a life, and that life has been full of all kinds of changes, all kinds of losses, friendships, partnerships, places, jobs, whatever. And if you have not taken the time, if, if no one in your life has helped you sit with that for as long as it needs to be sat with, then it's probably still with you. And in that you are carrying something that you don't need to be carrying, that you can feel lighter by releasing. And the process is actually quite simple, not painless, I would say, but it, it actually is deeply fortifying of your own sense of self and, and capacity. Your, your sense of your own strength. You, you end up a lot stronger simply by fact that you have allowed yourself to be more vulnerable. So in the instance that you are a man who's looking for friendship, who's looking for connection with other men, who is desperate to just have like a, a group of hunting buddies to go out on, a, on an adventure with, who, is, who would just love to have some guys to play music with or to play sports with, but you feel too un un unable to get into that, uh, that headspace to even tackle that problem. It's easier to just kind of stay in the status quo. There are men's groups of all different shapes and sizes, and you can start one today simply by setting a time, location, and inviting people. I highly encourage anybody who is feeling isolated to act act as soon as possible in changing that because as we isolate, our problems get worse. It's, it's entropy is an inevitable force of nature. Things go downhill hill over time. So if you are lonely today, then that is, an, that is not mandatory that you feel that way. And going and being a part of a group is one of the most healing and transformative things that I have ever experienced. And those that I have worked with, those that are clients of mine, and those that were in groups that I have been a part of can attest to the same, so much so that it it almost feels cultish. It almost feels like, you know, if you go into men's work, you got to become a men's coach. Like I, I fell into that same paradigm, but just found myself to be one of the crazy persistent ones that just stayed at it because I, I love it so much. And, you know, I have a lot of different ventures and a lot of different things that take up my time, but it continues to pull at my heart. It continues to pull at my, my attention because as I go through this process of, of maturing and leveling up as a husband, as a father, I find that I can look back at where I was and just I'm overwhelmed at the stark difference between the miserable the just very, very closed off and small version of myself that I used to be that my, my wife was sick of that my kids were in a contentious relationship with. And now I get to experience the heart open, full honest truth of what I am and experience love in my marriage and, and a, a beautiful reciprocal energy between me and my kids when I can genuinely get down and play. I can't tell you how hard it was for me to be able to slow down and play with my kids. And now I'm able to do it because my coach encouraged me to say, you know, every time you are feeling that resistance to play, notice it and do it anyway. Having one person say that to me and then being held within a group of other mature dads who were working through the same kind of shit, they, they essentially held me accountable to doing this work, to bettering myself. And now I get to reap the benefits of getting to feel at peace in my own body. I was closed off, tense in my solar plexus, 
constant strain. I would have regular headaches from my neck and shoulders being tight, holding all this stress. I would be, I noticed that I would get tension in my neck and shoulders every time I was trying to control something, which was almost everything all the time, trying to control how everything was going to go. And I have noticed a, I probably experienced one tenth of the stress that I used to experience. And I also used to have a tremendous amount of pain, a lot of back injury and things that I've been working on myself through the process of this constant pursuit of bettering myself physically, mentally, spiritually. And it's, it's not, it's not me. Hey, let me stand on this pedestal and brag. It's honestly, let me get down, take my hat off. Let me get down on my knees and thank, <laughs> thank the universe. Thank the, the, the source that has driven me to, to fully embrace my responsibility to heal myself, fully embrace that it, it is my responsibility to, to manage my patterns, my conditioning, my anger is mine. It's not my wife's or my kids or my dog or my job or whatever that's making me angry. No, it's actually mine. Taking full responsibility also comes with full self-acceptance. So now I can tell you when I am flat broke. I can tell you when I am um, completely ashamed of myself. I can tell you when I have done the wrong thing and, and I stay in it. And that kind of freedom is what allows me to also be able to lean in with my greatest strengths and, and with my heart fully open to owning my, my messes and also getting to really experiencing my joy. That's that root to rise. I root down into the truth of my shame, of my, my guilt, my, my pain, my, my grief. I process that, release it, give it up. It's not mine. And I get to, to rise into, into the, 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 the sunlight. So getting to do this work has been the joy, one of the greatest joys of my life, even though it has been really challenging and has required my full conviction. But getting to work alongside other men that are doing it is, is one of the most emboldening things I've ever experienced, the most um, exciting form of evolution that I can see happening in the world is people working on themselves to better themselves, to heal generational trauma. So you come to a group and you get leveled up instantly because you feel more joy in your body simply by the fact that you're getting the oxytocin from being in the presence of others. You come to an online group where you are going to consistently work on your problems over a series of months. You're going to see improvement whether you like it or not. You're going to see results because it's an inevitable part of the process of looking inward. You know, if all I do is just ask you an interesting question that makes you look inside and change your story a little bit, you know, the difference between a traumatic experience and an informative experience is just reframing. You just scope out a little bit, it changes the situation dramatically. So that's what that's what we do. I give you the space to see a little bit more of yourself. So, you know, my calling card for coming to do the work, whether it's songwriting in the woods, whether that's, you know, getting to be around a, a, a group of like-minded people, a, a group of, of, of men who are, are dedicated to actually opening their hearts and strengthening their resolve at the same time, the, the benefits can't be quantified. I, I literally have stayed committed to it because it's so glaringly obvious that this is the best possible use of my time. I coached my client the other day on how to be kinder with this kid. That day, I was kinder with my kid. It pays like that. So the, then he goes, and men that I've worked with are, are start, starting to tell me about the, you know, the coaching relationship is kind of like a mentor relationship. Now they're going and finding guys that, that 
that really need some mentorship from them. And all they're doing is being present with them, being curious with them, staying engaged in their life. And you see it trick, you know, rippling out like this, that it's just simply making the world a better place. So it starts with you and then it just, it just spreads. It goes in every direction. I was literally about to say almost exactly the same thing. I mean, following up on what you said about taking action, we try and hammer this all the time with people that there is always a cost to inaction. Not mm-hmm. moving forward is not a neutral choice. You are you are headed in one direction. Everything you do is a step, and deciding to not do work is a decision. It is not you know we are not being neutral. And if there's someone out there who sound is listening to this and is in that camp of well, I I don't need a ton of work, but I I feel like I could actually give a lot. That act of showing up and giving and coaching, I'm I'm very much on board. Every time I coach, it makes me a better coach and it makes me a better person and it makes me a better athlete. And like more, like the more I dig into helping you become the most perfect version of you, you can be, it always helps me. I'm a radically different person after it, not just a better coach. Daniel, in a moment, I'm going to let you share where people should go and, and find you in all of the ways. But before we do that, are there any, there's someone out there who's incredibly excited and ready to do something, but they just don't know what to do. Is there like a tip or two, like what kind of action could someone take? They're going to turn their phone off and go do something. What's something you would send them to do? The first thing that I would tell anybody to do, yeah, turn your phone off, go outside, take your shoes off, put your feet on the ground, get in the sunshine, spread your arms out up overhead and wide, take a deep breath with your eyes open and the, the fullest expansion of yourself that you can and just hold it. Slow your breath, deepen your breath. That that alone will change your life. I love it. So simple, so easy. Everyone can do it in the next five minutes. Mm-hmm. Where should we send people? If people want to hear more, find out more, maybe participate online and or in person. I want to add something to what I said earlier. Let's do go it. And hug, go and hug someone. That might be also one of the most immediate ways to completely change your physiology. Anybody that is interested in working with me can find me at danielhuntermoody.com, also on Instagram at danielhuntermoody. I have info on there for Song for the Soul, where we use songwriting and one-on-ones and a group environment to to heal, to grieve, to grow. And then one-on-one coaching, particularly with men or with dads that are, are looking to mature, that are looking to transform, that are dealing with anger and resentment. And anybody that is interested in coming to Northwest Arkansas to explore the Ozark Mountains and the Buffalo can find me this October with a a small cohort of men who are ready to play some music around the campfire, howl at the moon, laugh like a kid, and just be be real and free. That sounds tremendous. Mm -hmm. Daniel, thank you so much for coming on the Feel Strong Podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Feel Strong Fitness Podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Leave us a five-star rating if you have the time. That makes a big difference. DM us on Instagram at feelstrongfit. Any questions if you just want to pick our brain. If you'd like more info, the website is feelstrong.me. We value effectiveness, individualization, and empathy. If you want to see what it's like to have an expert in the field, really listen and hear what you need to build you the perfect program to get you where you want to go today, is the perfect time to get started. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you very much.